Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Yo, what's up? Welcome to Kind of Funny Games Daily for Wednesday, January 24th, 2024. I'm one of your hosts, Blessing, Adio A. Jr. Joining me is LaCroix Poppy himself, Tim Ma. Welcome, Gettys. Pleasure to be here today. Can't wait to talk about the news. So much has happened oh, yeah? in the last couple days, Bless. Like news-wise or in Tim Gettys' life-wise? Uh, a little bit of both, but news-wise for sure. Mm-hmm. Like, I've I'm, I'm been watching the Kind of Funny Games Daily Slack channel like build up, and I was mm-hmm. like, today is a blessing, Tim Day. Oh, so yeah. I'm really, really excited about this. Uh, today's a very fun day. Today's also like a day where I've I've been energized this morning okay. from a few things. One, John Stewart's coming back to The Daily Show. Yes. I think saw this. Every mo- or I think once a week they said. Who, yeah, every Monday, Monday for 2024 for the uh, the election season. Yeah. So it's ca- kind we're of perfect. Hype. It's like, we need him. Yeah, it's like, we need somebody. Like, we're not, we can't, hi- we can't hire the people that we wanted to hire. Now we don't have anybody to hire. And like, we need somebody. I think John Stewart is a, is a pretty good, uh, good get. So there's that. Mm-hmm. There's also the fact that, of course, our Tekken 8 review went up a couple days ago. Or yes. I think yesterday, actually. Um, and during the review process, they turned on the online for a couple of days. But, like, what, for probably, like, five days now or maybe six days, the online's just been off. And so I haven't been able to go back and play online oh. with people. And when I tell you that I've been fiending, like, I have been craving Tekken 8 on another level. And I cannot wait for the servers to cut back on so I, I can actually play against people. Bless is about to be unleashed. Y'all motherfuckers yeah. better watch out. It's been a problem because, I'll like, literally, I just boot up the game and I'm just in practice mode. <laughs> just fucking chilling. He's just getting them hands just ready. Practicing again. combos. I'm just, like, you know, doing these things. But, I'll, but because of that, because I've just been fiending for it, this morning I went and um, Maximilian, dude, who does a lot of fighting game content on YouTube. Saw him a couple days ago. Oh hell yeah! yeah. Um, he has a series that he does when there's whenever there's a new fighting game coming out where he does like a legacy series. So with Mortal Kombat, is like him. He goes back uh, and like will um, basically like review slash just talk about the history of each of the entries in that franchise. Um, actually, I don't know if he did that for Mortal Kombat. He might have done that for Street Fighter, but he's been doing it with Tekken. And so I've been working my way through and like t- him talking about Tekken one and two and three and like going through all of them. Yeah, and it's fucking awesome because obviously like he knows what he's talking about and he gives good context for. What uh, it was like when these games came out, what these games brought to the to the ecosystem. It's it's been cool for me because when I look through the Tekken's I played, like I got in at Tekken Tag Tournament on PS2, and then after that, it wasn't until Tekken Six that I got back in, and then I played Tekken Tag Tournament too, and then um, uh, Tekken Seven after that. But him talking about, oh yeah, like you know, this is what Tekken One and Two were, but Tekken Three is what really brought it, and then Tekken Tag Tournament did this, and then Tekken Four, eh, people didn't love Tekken Four, but Tekken Five, that's probably the best one. Him going through all of them has, has been such like a good, ah oh, shit, all right, cool, like I, this is it's gearing me up and getting me, I guess rehyped again for this game that i've been playing already for like the last few weeks i love video games are magic that that could happen because like i i go through those those bouts too where it's like you're so in on one game like obsessed with something yeah and then you just want to know every single thing about it you start going back looking at the history and legacy and then a new game comes along and you get to do that all over it's like it's just it's just absolutely wild like it's also it's also the thing of you know when i play tech and tag tournament I was young. I forget how old I was, right? But like, I was—I I didn't know what the scope of Tekken was. I didn't know what the conversation. I wasn't 
super online when I was playing Tekken Tag Tournament. So I was very much like, oh yeah, it's a good looking fighting game that I'm playing and I enjoyed it and that got me into the franchise. But yeah, hearing other people talk about it and give context to, oh yeah, no, like this was a game that was a fantastic looking game at the time because it was launch probably time. around, yeah, launch PS2. PS2 launch, yeah. And I remember, I do remember when I first picked up the opening uh, cutscene to Tekken Tag Tournament, even still when I rewatch it today, looks incredible. Uh, and that's something that I was like, yo, like, shout out to Tekken Tag Tournament, but also, yeah, shout out to, like, reliving these things Dude, that yeah. you didn't have the context for back in the day. Or, or even if you did, like, I obviously I'm obsessed with uh, Prince of Persia Lost Crown right now, but yeah. that got me back in the Prince mood. I've been watching so many uh, YouTube retrospectives on the Sands of Time trilogy, and then also just going back to the, the classic games, and, like, it's just really rad that there's awesome creators out there that can... Like, continue our love for video games in so many different ways. Like, right now, Barrett's brought it up, uh, the video of the Tekken Tag Tournament opening. This is a launch PS2 game. Yeah, man. Like, imagine playing fucking, I don't know, Brave Fence and Musashi, and then you pick up the next console, yeah. and you look at this. Well, dude, like, uh, again, you probably know this because you watch those videos, but, like, this was a different era. This was the era of arcades. Yeah. Like, arcades were more powerful than home consoles, and so they were able to, to do this. And also, arcades were booming, so there was budget being put into it. These were spectacle things. They wanted these videos to, like get grab people's eyes yeah. in the arcade to be like oh we got to go play this thing right um so yeah very very different time but shout out to them man tech has been going them. hard since day one tim enough about all that let's talk about today's stories which include until dawn could come to ps5 power world's roadmap and more because this is kind of funny games daily each and every weekday we run you through the nerdy news and you to know about live on youtube twitch and podcast services around the globe if you love what we do please support us with the kind of funny membership on patreon or youtube to get all of our shows ad free watch us record them live and get a daily exclusive show uh, for a chance to be a part of the show submit your thoughts and opinions as youtube super chats as we go housekeeping for you we've teamed up with the indie exchange for the ultimate spring game showcase the game submission deadline for the mix slash kf spring showcase is february 2nd head over to kindoffunny.com slash spring showcase to get your game submitted and then our January kind of funny happy hour is going down today at 3 p.m. Uh, Patreon members at the $25 uh, level can call in, hang out with us, and chill for the afternoon. You can head over to patreon.com uh, slash kind of funny to check that out. It's going to be a blast. This is our first official uh, Patreon kind of funny happy hour. So you can check out uh, the preview that we did during kind of funny day. It's on youtube.com slash kind of funny right now um, or the kind of funny podcast podcast feed. Um, you can check it out to get an idea of what the show is. But yeah, it'd be y'all calling in us hanging out like just having a fun little happy yeah. hour. So it's like it'd be a blast like love and sex stuff with more stuff that isn't just love and sex. Exactly. It's anything. It's just anything. It's just stuff. <laughs> uh, thank you to our Patreon producer Delaney Twining. Terry brought to you by the kind of funny membership, but we'll tell you about that later for now. Let's begin with what is and forever will be the Roper Report. It's time for some news. We have six stories today. A baker's dozen. Starting with our number one. Until Dawn, PS5, and PC ports are reportedly in the works. This is Taylor Lyles at IGN. It appears another popular PS4 game is making its way onto modern platforms, as Deal Lab's reputable reporter, Bill Bielkun, says that Supermassive's 2015 horror game Until Dawn is getting ported to PC and PS5. According to Bill Bielkun, uh, an announcement for Until Dawn's PC and PS5 version will take place within 15 days. Wow. That sounds ominous. Uh, with this enhanced version apparently in development for at least a year, uh, not many details were shared outside of the obvious uh, that these newer versions will provide improvements to graphics and performance. IGN has asked Sony for comment. 
As Digital Foundry pointed out, Until Dawn's PS4 release, uh, while visually stunning, had some unusual performance levels, noting that the biggest drawback to the game was its frame rate and the lack of it being locked to 30 FPS. Uh, Digital Foundry's report notes that the frame rates in Until Dawn varied, dropping to as low as 20 FPS or reaching as high as 40 FPS in rare instances. Tim, I assume you played Until Dawn back yeah, in the Yeah, this was one of the, um, like... OG day kind of funny things. I think it was yeah. our, extra, our first extra life that we did. Uh, me and Nick played through. Yeah, because yeah, 2015 I think is when this game came out, and it's that it, when um, Taylor talks about the frame right here, right, referencing Digital Foundry. It's so funny because like so much time has passed that I would not have remembered that me the frame either. rate was bad. Not but as chance. she mentions it in her article, I'm like, I, maybe yeah, I guess I get. I, I feel like I don't remember. I feel it. like that could have <laughs> been a thing when I was playing Until Dawn. Um, but this is interesting. It's it's awesome, I think. Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, Until Dawn obviously is a great game. It's a classic at this point, and I feel like it's the type of thing that can only be better served being uh, available to more people, right? Like, Until Dawn hits, and I mm -hmm. feel like Supermassive has uh, taken the success they had from Until Dawn and continued to to grow and try so many different things that have had you know various levels of success. But I think Until Dawn uh, maintains being like the standout and like maybe not the best but like i would say the standout entry so far uh, mm -hmm. of their types of games and with the movie coming out this makes so much sense getting it on pc continuing playstation strategy of uh trying to get their big titles over on pc and like going back to a god it pains me to say this a more legacy title yeah. like until dawn uh is interesting and i think that yeah it'll benefit from the enhancements they're talking about here i don't imagine this is going to be a very expensive game uh we'll yeah see what the price i mean ends up the, being. i wonder is this the kind of thing where you do a director's cut type situation and you go in, you either add new content mm. or new endings or new choices? Maybe. I don't I, think so. Because I think that could be really cool. I mean, again, Taylor mentions like the frame rate stuff that can be improved. Obviously, like when you're um, porting something from the PS4, 2015 game, especially yeah. the PS4, like you can make all the different improvements, right? You can add dual sense function, um, functionality. You can maybe do like ray tracing stuff or any, like, any of the stuff that comes with the power of the current generation. Dual sense? Yeah, like there's stuff that you can you can do there, but after this Last of Us Two scenario where everybody got upset over the Last of Us Two being ported, uh, it makes me wonder how like what can you do to a game that came out last gen to make people happy? And I know like I know for some people it might be apples and oranges because it is 2015 versus 2020, but also it's still a thing also of you could play Until Dawn on PS5 already if you want to. Yeah, and so it makes me wonder what is the thing that's gonna actually get people to spend the money i mean i i feel like it's all right here right it used to dip as low as 20 frames per second mm -hmm. nah 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 we can't be doing that especially yeah. for like a, ga a game like this that is supposed to be like immersive and visually stunning you know what i mean like i remember when until dawn when we first played it it was like look at these faces that's wild you know yeah nowadays game faces like we expect them to look amazing right so i think that any type of updates, like visual updates that game can get, are really just going to benefit it. Like, I'm firmly in the camp, and I know that I, this might not be the most popular opinion uh, in terms of people that vocalize their opinions on the internet about mm -hmm. video games. But it's like, a lot of these director's cuts and ports and all that stuff, I'm all about it. If you don't want to buy it, don't fucking buy it. Like, yeah. I like the visual enhancements. I, I feel like they're not always the most necessary thing. Seeing the screenshots of Last of Us 2 compared to the PS4 one, it's, it's a little ridiculous. Uh, but... 
You don't need to buy it. That's totally yeah. fine. I also enjoy the fact that it has DualSense support and all that. And I am thrilled at playing through Last of Us Part Two so far. And so I'm like, I'm happy. I'm happy this exists. Mm -hmm. um, and I haven't even touched No Return Mode yet. Yeah. I think my thing for me as somebody, I like, I, I also played it through Until Dawn, really enjoyed it Until Dawn. I don't really have the craving to go back and replay Until Dawn. And even if I did, right? Like, I guess in a, if you're going to go back and remaster, unless it looks substantially better, I find it hard for me to want to... I guess if we, if they charge thirty dollars for it, let's say, I find it hard to justify like the thirty dollars for me personally, right? Of oh yeah, thirty dollars for a slightly enhanced version for the visuals or for the dual sense features or whatever. When like I'm sure you can also do a lot of these same things with a patch. Or I guess I could just go back and play the original game. There's something to be said though about a marketing push mm. and like uh, about like putting money behind a new title, a new version, and like bringing attention to something like Until Dawn, especially with. Until Dawn originally coming out kind of in the dawn of the the real streamer era, right? Yeah. Of Until Dawn, I really would credit as in the same way we talk about like Minecraft changing the game in terms of uh, where people are playing games and how games are being played and what games are being used for more of like a social hangout spot that then, of course, evolved into Fortnite uh, and things like that. Uh, Roblox and all of those. Until Dawn was really like this Twitch moment where it's like, oh, I... All of a sudden, more people understood why you'd want to watch someone play a game than ever before. Mm -hmm. I feel like up until then, and to this day, people are like, why would I want to watch someone play a video game? Until Dawn was like that perfect example of like, there's so many different choices you can make that actually affect the story. You kind of want to see all the different permutations, and your experience playing is going to be different than other people's. And you kind of want to see the different versions of it or you want to see the the pop-off moments the scary moments or whatever uh that you experience you want to see someone else experience you know yeah um so i just think that there's a lot of value there and i think that that market has only grown so but do you do you think those people haven't already played or seen until dawn i feel like until dawn was such a breakout success in terms of the kind of game that it is and to your point yeah like kind of made that more of a thing of oh yeah let's all watch this person play through these things see what characters live see what characters die I feel like everybody's kind of seen that already with Until Dawn specifically. I think that there are just simply more gamers now than there were then, right? Mm -hmm. When we look at the success of the PS5 and we look at just like the video game industry as a whole, 2015 and 2024 are very different times. And there's just like so many new players that didn't experience it then that would love it now. And on top of that, 90% of the cast of that game are megastars now <laughs> yeah. compared to when they were, right? And I feel like that alone is like, a oh, wow, Rami Malek's in this? Mm -hmm. let's that's incredible like in a video game let's let's see what this is all about and then it's awesome <laughs> yeah well that's cool. why I, I think the tough thing or not the tough thing i guess what i would like to see from it because i think the timing of the of the movie is going to be huge for this right if you're able to come out with the until dawn movie make it a hit either get the big names or not get the big names depending on who's available and who you can probably afford and all this stuff if you're able to get that and make it a, a, a breakout hit just like the game was and then follow up with either a remaster or at least what i would prefer would be like a Hey, here is Until Dawn Plus or Until mm -hmm. Dawn with more content or an extra thing or like uh, a sequel or whatever it is to make it feel bigger and better. I think that is the best of all worlds because that is bringing it, bringing back people who already played it. That is bring uh, th that is creating more mystery, right? Like I would go back to Until Dawn if it is, oh, there's stuff in here that I've not seen yet, like some bonus content where. I am go now going back and unlocking things or there's one extra new character, like a Persona 5 Royal type situation. I think then we're talking. I think then we're cooking. Yeah. But if it is just the same game that's remastered, I look at that and I'm like, all right, cool, I guess. Yeah, and, and that's the, I, I bet that that's what it is. I do think it's like there's going to be not too much extra stuff in terms of new content. I think it's going to be more just enhancing the content that's there. Yeah. And I imagine it'll be at a fairly reduced price. 
And like, I, I don't think the goal of this is to get everyone that played it the first time to play it again. Yeah. I think that they're going to get a large amount of people that did. But there's something special about horror, uh, especially campy horror, that is unlike anything else. And you look at, at movies, which this is very similar to in a lot of ways. Um, and the horror genre has always been a massive hit for a multitude of reasons. One of them is they're cheaper to make. Another is there's a seasonal expectation with Halloween every year, right? Mm -hmm. People want to get scared. People want to have this, the, the thrill of a horror movie. And even if a bad horror movie, there's something special about that, right? Yeah. Like there, there's like, there's a, a, a like an, a cultural understanding of why horror movies exist and this, this need and desire for them. And I feel like, there's those cult classic horror movies that people just watch every year because it's October, right? Mm -hmm. I think Until Dawn could be that type of game for people. Yeah, the game that people like, keep coming back to. People year keep over coming year. back to, exactly. And like sharing the experience with different non gamer friends, which is actually, I think, the biggest See, uh, aspect. What would be sick if, if there was like an Until Dawn style game that came out yearly and like you could make it an anthology series? Yes. Yeah, you okay. could like, mm -hmm. you know, make it this thing where you can, in every game, any character can live or die. Yeah. I feel like you were able to capitalize that year on year. It, what up? What if Ashley Tisdale was in one of them? That'd be fucking sick. Yeah. That'd be sick as fucking. It took place in Iraq. <laughs> but no, like, like, like that is kind of what the Dark Pictures anthology does. Mm -hmm. But I, to your point, I don't think any of the, uh, of the Dark Pictures anthology games have been as good as Until Dawn. Like maybe the, the not the last one. I hated Devil and Me, actually. The one before Devil and Me, um, the one with Ashley Tisdale. That one has been the closest so far. And I guess the core, actually I should shout out the quarry. It's not a yeah. dark pictures thing, but it's the same kind of game. The quarry is probably the one that's been the closest so far. But even the quarry, I don't know if we're talking about the quarry the same way we talked about Until Dawn. Until Dawn just had something there. It did. And that's why I think going back to it makes a lot of sense. And I also think you don't need to like make a sequel necessary. You don't need to add uh, extra shit. If they do, that's going to be speaking more to the, the blessings of the world. Yeah. Or like, I don't know that I need to replay it. But like, I don't know. I think there's a market for this. And again, I don't think it's the biggest market ever, but it goes back to horror movies where it doesn't need to be the biggest market ever. It just needs to reach the people that it's attempting to. And mm -hmm. Until Dawn has so much shit going for it that other games simply don't. So I think that this makes sense. Adding it to PC, great. Again, continuing PlayStation strategy. Would I rather see brand new games from PlayStation? Absolutely. But mm -hmm. this isn't in place of that. Yeah. A question I have for people in the chat for YouTube Super Chats is, do you, do you guys want to see an Until Dawn remaster? Because I'm curious on what the audience things um but speaking of that i want to parlay this, this discussion into another discussion mm -hmm. that is very related because yesterday on the show we had news that uh from the same source bill bill coon he was reporting also that um he came across the death straining 2 full title yeah death straining 2 on the beach on the beach baby saying like that it came with SOTB. came with the same sort of idea of oh yeah this will be revealed revealed in the next few weeks i like where you're going here now a couple weeks ago mm-hmm the homie, Jeffy Grub Grub. Yes. He put out, or not put out, but like he was talking about how he, <laughs> <laughs> he, was, he put out. He put out. I mean, I'm sure he does. But he was talking about how there's a, he believes that there's a state of play coming. I'm going to mm -hmm. pull from uh, PSU.com, uh, who has an article that is, a state of play is coming in the next few weeks, according to Jeff Grubb. They put up this article on January 9th. This is David uh, Carcassol uh, from over there. A new year means new state of play rumors, and 2024 barely made it to week two before the latest state of play rumor has cropped up. According to Jeffy Grub Grub, uh, we can expect to see a state of play pre presentation from Sony in the next few weeks. 
Grub doesn't give uh, doesn't get any more specific than that. Though during the same Twitch stream, he also claimed Nintendo Direct is on the horizon. Uh, it's happened before that both Sony and Nintendo have had showcases within days of each other, so it could happen again. Yada yada yada. We've had the conversation before of like it seems like every February we get like a state of play, or at least like early mm -hmm. in the year around this time, there's a state of play yeah. that's happening. Is this state of play about to be a banger? Because based on today's news and yesterday's yeah. news, I'm getting banger vibes from a state of play. I, I mean, a, a banger state of play. I, yes, I, I think similar to the Xbox uh, the developer underscore direct that yeah. they did, where we knew enough that was in it that it was like, cool, this is going to be good. No matter what, it's good. Because yeah. they're showing Indiana Jones. The question is, how good does the game look? We're getting Hellblade. Like, we assume we're getting a release date. And they kind of, I think, over-delivered on the expectations there, for me at least. Uh, when it comes to the state of play, none of this stuff is official, right? This is all rumor stuff, but Bilbo Kuhn, very reliable. Yeah. Uh, and when you look at the Bilbo Kuhn has never failed me for the yeah, record. 100%. Yeah, 100%. So as far as I know, like, it's always been right, or at least, like, right at the time of him uh, putting it out there. Things can change. So I think that, like, if these things are in a state of play, which definitely checks out and adds up, um, that's going to be a good state of play. Banger? I don't know. I feel like this is how you define relative banger. to I, the state of play. That's plays, my thing is when I say like, banger, I'm not saying like it's gonna be the greatest thing of all time. Yeah. When I say banger, if you show me a state of play and you go, oh, here's Death Stranding's full title and maybe like a release window or something like yeah. that, and then also Until Dawn is getting a remaster and like depending on what that looks like, I'm like, oh, that was a good time. I'm with you. I'm with, with you. With how I view state of plays, I'm like, that's a that's a good time right I, there. I think that that could be. Uh, putting it in the same type of conversation as the Xbox thing we just saw last week, mm -hmm. right? Where it's like, oh, cool. There was a, a clear goal and they're 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 going to nail it, I think, if these things are there, plus other things, whatever. The Nintendo Direct, I think, is also interesting as well. I start having questions of like, why did that Princess Peach trailer come from? Just drop out of nowhere ago? with the two past with, with the pastel uh, pink Joy-Cons. Yeah. yeah. It wasn't big hmm. enough to talk about uh, Directs. Because they got Dang. a banger. Because they got a banger, Barry. Oh, my God, Barry. You're like, crazy, man. Well, You're crazy. I'm crazy. I'm crazy. Listen, we I, got... I wanted to bring up, uh, just because this has been making the rounds uh, this morning, uh, you know, with the, the state of play rumors circling about, maybe we're going to talk about Death Stranding. Do you think that they bring up the Death Stranding piss-colored uh, co uh, controller uh, that got announced? What is this? I, I do not. Um, this is the Backbone One Death Stranding Limited oh. Edition <laughs> USB-C controller that goes up January 30th, and it's a good old dehydrated pee color. Here's the thing, right? You, it, you say that jokingly, but like literally in that game, you pee to like make weapons and shit, right? Well, that's the or color of the, the, the baby juice. Yeah. Baby, <laughs> don't call, no, don't ever juice. say baby juice ever in your life. Baby juice. The BB Thank juice. you. Thank yeah, you. BB yeah. juice. Um, yeah. Did we, did we already talk about Death Stranding coming to iPhone? I guess well that was like in like the Wii News yesterday, but okay, we cool. I mean, well, just that's pretty cool. Yeah, I mean it was announced before. I think now we just got the release date, but yeah, pretty neat. Yeah, you can now you can now like connect to, together and build bridges. That's trending. Also getting a movie. Also, Gravity Rush is getting a movie. Well, where's the game though? Where's right the here? game? That's that, what I'm saying. It's all yeah. connected. Where's that well, twisted metal? There's fire. Game? There's smoke. Where the fuck is the twisted metal? Where's the metal twisted game? metal game that's that we talked about years ago? We're getting season two, baby. God damn. <laughs> uh, when do you think? A, a prediction for you, yeah. right? Speculation station. Let's go there. Mm -hmm. When do we get a state of play? When do we get a... Thank you, Barry. When do we get the Nintendo Direct? Where, the, where do they land on the Both calendar? Both the week of February 6th. I, wow. I believe it. Okay. Yeah. Like, there's just so much evidence pointing to that. It makes sense. Um, and it just feels right. Yeah. If they're here, take place within 15 days. There's not much time in February we can even have then. When, do, when does um, Helldivers come out? That's my question. Hmm. I think you do I like think a, the week after a launch trailer. Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, wait. No, that's Helldivers 1. I was like, wait, March? Helldivers 2. Let's look up. When does Helldivers 2 come out? Yeah, February 8th. 
Oh shit. So yeah, it, it, I mean, it is that week. And like, yeah. if you do, oh, here's my thing. State of play is usually on Thursday. Like PlayStation just love, loves Thursdays for their things. So I'm going to say state of play February 1st. Mm. Nintendo Direct the week after. That mm. way you have like a full week between your state of play and Helldivers to then come out and talk about it. And then you can also talk about Homestars and Suicide Squad and these other games that come out around that time. See, I'm, I'm, I'm with Timmy on the, the week of the 6th, and I, I would make the prediction that, that it, it might be on the 8th. Because mm. I think, like, Hell Divers 2, realistically, outside of the Greg Millers of the world, how many people have their eyes on that? Yeah. Um, and I think the best way to to kind of get that into the hands of the people is, like, look at this game, look at how cool it is, you can play it today, kind of thing, so. Interesting. Uh, Josh, Josh Tola Rule says, last year they did it on the same day, didn't they? I think that's right. Same day, last year. Day to play in direct. Remember, yeah. there was a day that we Well, that did. was like last fall, I think. Oh, yeah, that wasn't the February yeah, one? Yeah, I know. Hmm. I'll look it up. Uh, Corey Pichu says, I'm with Bless on this, the first so they can push Foam Stars. Well, yeah, because Foam Stars comes out that Tuesday, I believe. That's so interesting. Yeah. Um, plus. Uh, the, the reality is, though, state of plays have proven to us that like there is no rhyme or reason when it comes to how are they going to promote games that are coming out around it? Will they mention Suicide Squad? Will they not at all? Yeah. You know, will they do a quick, oh, rem reminder, this game's coming out or not. Will they do a, hey, last week, Foam Stars came out. Like, they could do yeah. anything or not do it. So it's kind of hard to look back at patterns and, and figure that out. But with Helldivers and Foam Stars both coming out, both having PlayStation-centric, like, news stories or focus, one being the PlayStation Plus um, mm -hmm. premium exclusive collector's edition. PlayStation like, Plus <laughs> essential? essential? Essential, whatever. Um, uh, being there, and then obviously Helldivers being exclusive and a PlayStation title. Uh, they got a lot to talk about in terms of the here's what's out now, third-party stuff surrounding it. Obviously, Suicide Squad has had a lot of marketing push with PlayStation in the past, even in State of Plays, um, so that could make sense. But then we're starting to add up things here. Until Dawn, uh, PC port plus PS5 version, uh, Death Stranding 2 on the beach. On the beach. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. What are we doing anymore? Shima, Let's put it on the beach. Is that what we're doing? They're doing an anime beach episode, bless. Uh, oh just my God. <laughs> That's yeah. hilarious. Princess beach. Oh uh, God. Um, I looked back at our calendar from February, 2023, because oh. we usually put like, mm -hmm. oh, there's a direct have direct just got announced. Let's shift around all the stuff. Um, the Nintendo direct last year was on February 8th. The okay. PlayStation state of play was February 23rd mm, my brother's birthday mm. interesting yeah interesting it is interesting yeah i mean whatever it's we're getting a direct we're getting to say to play in february mark it down everybody. mark it down exciting time. i'd say get hyped but like i don't know that's really get hype worthy but like I'm, no we're gonna get 15 more horsemen from nintendo i'm, I'm excited let's go for the horse again like yeah, what princess peach trailer wasn't big enough to put into a direct coming out i'm just saying they're gonna announce f-zero gx remake or whatever weird <laughs> niche oh, thing they're gonna announce the heart. weirdest things at the state of play and it's gonna be a delight i, I can't wait what oh, weird game boy advanced game are they gonna re what was Plus, the P P not puyo oh what's the fucking game the current current something Puyo Puyo Pop is the. Oh, wait, I'm, about the, the, I'm thinking of like the bar that, yeah, that circles. Yeah. Curran. Uh, Chat will get there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or you're wrong. Let me know. But um, bless. There's there's Cougarin. multiple nights that I'll I'll just be like laying in bed. I'm asleep, right? Mm -hmm. Laying there, and all of a sudden, like 1:37 a.m., <laughs> just wake up, and I remember there was a Nintendo Direct where they announced the Super Mario RPG remake and Paper Mario Thousand Year Door yep. remake. What fucking world are we living in? It's a wild world we live in. It's a wild in. world, everybody. Super wild world. God bless Nintendo when you're not making WNDs.
Kurukurin is the game. <laughs> Kurukurin. Yeah. I, when I tell you that literally in the back of class on my Android phone, my Android allegedly, allegedly on an emulator for the Game Boy Advance in the back of class in high school, I would just be playing that Kurukurin. <laughs> like, having a blast. I don't know how I, I don't know how I learned about that game. Cause like, no, we all did though. Yeah. It's, it's one of those games that like, for some reason, like, cause like allegedly it also, like I would have to download a ROM mm -hmm. of that game and put it like drag and drop it into my phone's files and then choose to play that game. Like I don't I, accidentally happen upon that game. Why was I playing it? Because that game was that era of, of games medias, like Greg Miller's hell divers yeah. or like, Kind of funny Sifu. You know what I okay. mean? Okay. Like, <laughs> We're not going to do that. No, but that's what it is. Every People were obsessed with that game for some reason. I guess it's like if you put it in like the same conversation as like a pat upon, or even I guess like a Puyo Puyo type type situation. I think it was fun. That was a fun game. Oh, super fun game. Yeah. Remake, yeah. Puyo, remake Kuru Kururin. Give it like, I don't know, 3D models, and, <laughs> 3D models and shit. I don't know what you do to this game. Add a new character like Mario <laughs> Add uh, Dante from Devil May Cry series. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> have fun with ah, it. Funky Kong. Oh, man. If you want to have fun, let me tell you about patreon.com slash kind of funny. Over on patreon.com slash kind of funny. And with the kind of funny membership on YouTube, you can get the show ad free. And speaking of ads, let us tell you about our sponsors. Kind of Funny turns nine years old today. We could have made it nine days without your support. That's why 2024 is all about doubling down on our shows and making it simpler than ever for you to get the most out of our content. Our revamped Kind of Funny membership is your one-stop shop for all our amazing content, which now includes on a weekly basis, the Kind of Funny podcast, In Review, the Kind of Funny games cast, PS I Love You XOXO, the Kind of Funny X cast, the brand new series Kind of Funny Game Showdown. Five episodes of Kinda Funny Games Daily and five exclusive Gregway vlogs. And five days of streaming fun with me and the gang here in our newly revamped streaming space. It's gonna be filled with a ton of laughter and a whole lot of shenanigans. We'll see you there. That's more than 20 pieces of content a week from an 11 person independent team in San Francisco. That's a lot. And to get the most out of it, all we're asking for is $10. $10 gets you the Kind of Funny membership, and that entitles you to ad-free versions of the shows, the ability to watch the podcast live as we record them, and the exclusive access to my daily show, Gregway. You can get your Kind of Funny membership on patreon.com slash kindoffunny or youtube.com slash kindoffunnygames. Yes, we are expanding our Kind of Funny membership offering to YouTube so people can take full advantage of the platform they prefer. If you want to go above and beyond the Kind of Funny membership to support us, we will still have higher Patreon tiers, albeit with some changed up perks. We just wanted to make the message as clear as possible that the $10 Kind of Funny membership is for the masses to get all of the core content people love. Everything above that is very appreciated. The support means the world to us. You all are the best. But the $10 Kind of Funny membership available on both Patreon.com slash Kind of Funny and YouTube.com slash Kind of Funny Games is where we see the value of what we do. Kind of Funny is a dream come true and we wouldn't have it without you. We hope if you've ever enjoyed the content, you can support us for at least a month as we prepare for our biggest year ever. Until next time, it's been our pleasure to serve you. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, 
as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And we're back. And I want to bring in some YouTube super chats into the mix. Uh, Foxy Steve writes in and says, what are the odds of a Maximilian slash KF collab of some kind? I would absolutely love to make that happen. Um, I have reached out and tried a couple times and it's just schedule wise has never worked out. He's a busy dude. He's also like way too good for us. If I'm being yeah, he's so cool. Honest. Yeah, honestly, <laughs> so, it's one of those things where like it'd be like podcasting with one of my heroes. Yeah. <laughs> like no, he's he, too cool. Max is definitely uh, and this is no shade to anybody here. I think he is multiple steps above all of us. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, and then CJ Splitson writes in and says, uh, Stellar Blade and the, on the beach release date 10 out of 10. Again, banger potential for mm-hmm. the state of play. Mm-hmm. Get some Stellar Blade. Oh, yeah. No, actually, that's a great call. We should have called uh, that out earlier. Like, yeah. I think Stellar Blade is likely uh, for the next state of play. I hope so. I, my, my fear with it is just that, like, they're in limbo. Like, it was mm-hmm. supposed to come out last year, and, like, they've kind of, like, they just didn't talk about it. Uh, and so I'm like, is this... Is that game having trouble? Or is are y'all good over there? Like, are we gonna ever gonna see this game? I hope we see it though, because it looks really cool. I hope it's good. Moving on though, story number two: Power World Dev reveals what's coming in future updates. This is Wesley Yinpool at IGN. Power World is getting PvP, raid bosses, and new island features in future updates. Developer Pocket Pair has said. Pocket Pair unveiled Power World's roadmap of future updates, confirming plans to target critical issues before moving on to improvements. Power World's uh, huge launch has seen 7 million sales in just five days. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> 7 million? <laughs> it's crazy. It really is. In a post on Power it's World. It's almost like a million a day. And, and, yeah. And that's the, uh, the like, 7 million not on Xbox. That's 7 million according just, to just Steam. 7 million rad. copies. Insane. Copies sold. Yeah. yeah. That's not Xbox Game Pass. That is copies sold. <sighs> Which means there's... 8 billion people playing this game. Uh, in a post on the Power World Discord, community manager Bucky <laughs> said that those sales, <laughs> quote, have far exceeded the development. I don't know why Bucky broke me. <laughs> Are you thinking of like Bucky from MCU? Like he's, I he's immediately thought about this man with the metal arm uh, <laughs> catching the shield. Uh, the, have far exceeded the development team's expectations, and we are currently experiencing many problems due to excessive access congestion, among other challenges, end quote. Pocket Pair said it will prioritize these issues uh, first before moving on to adding new in-game features during the early access period. Speaking of new in-game features, Power World will get PvP, including PvP for pals, raid bosses, crossplay between Steam and Xbox, and or, as well uh, as improvements to the building system. In the shorter term, Pocket Pair plans improvements to base pal AI and pathing. It's base pal AI, not base pal and AI and pathing, to be clear. 
ba- the base pals AI. Um, I want to bring in a tweet from Matt Piscatella, of course. I always like to reference Matt for the Circana angle because he is the video game numbers person. Uh, he says, according to Circana's player engagement tracker, on January 22nd, Pal World surpassed Fortnite, US, Xbox, I believe that's Xbox Series, he says XBS, Xbox Series uh, daily active users. On that day alone, Power World players on Xbox Series in the US played Power World for more than 200 minutes on average. I mean, dude, this is absolutely wild, the success this game has had. Mm. My boys group of my, my middle school friends, it's always my litmus test of how mainstream actually is gaming. Like when they start talking about stuff, it's like, all right, of course, they play all the PS5 games. They're playing Spider-Man 2, Last of Us, all of that. But that's yeah, pretty yeah. much it. Call of Duty is like their big thing. They're popping off about Power World. Oh, yeah? Popping off popping all off of them. The house. And they are dropping hours and hours and hours. And I'm like, this is, I just can't believe it. Like, yes. that, it just, this thing has exploded. And there's just something about it. People are inherently interested in. Yeah. It's, it's, it's fascinating. And I, I'm, I'm very curious on just what, uh, long term what the results of all of this look like, right? Because, like, there's so many different angles you, you can take with it. There, I, again, I, yesterday on the show, I talked about, like, this reminds me of PUBG, of PUBG and how big the PUBG explosion was and how that led to so many other developers and studios trying to tackle the Battle Royale thing. Obviously, Battle Royale was a thing before PUBG, but PUBG really exploded on its own, right? And then later that year, we got Fortnite tackling Battle Royale, and then that turned into what that was. I wonder what this does for survival. Like, obviously, survival has also been a very big genre, right? Yeah. Bigger than what Battle Royale was before PUBG, but... Like with Power World doing what it's doing, the meteor uh, meteoric explosion of Power World, I wonder what that looks like. Let's say by the time we get to get into the end of the of the year next year, if we start seeing more survival games take on like the Power collecting mechanic, mm-hmm. right? Or more games trying to going, hey, what if we made Pokemon but this? Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's very fascinating. Why I, I, I like I could see even what Fortnite put out the Lego Fortnite um, last December uh, and. When we, I don't know why I said it like you that. You mean like less than 30 days ago? <laughs> like, like, like a few weeks ago. <laughs> a few weeks ago, Fortnite put out Lego Fortnite, right? And like, that's all really great numbers. That's all like, when you when you went to the Fortnite um, like launcher, when you launched Fortnite and you saw the different modes, you would see like, okay, like you got 300,000 people or like a million people mm-hmm. right now playing Fortnite um, Battle Royale, but then you look over the Lego Fortnite, and it's like 1.7 million. It's like, whoa. Like, people are really out here showing up for these survival-type titles. Mm-hmm. But I feel like Fortnite is the game I look at as, all right, what thing are you going to take from another game to then, like, make a core mechanic of your game? I, by the end of the year, if not in the next few months, Fort, LEGO Fortnite is going to have a collecting, um, like, little creatures-type mechanic. And I'm very curious to see how they implement that and what that does. Yeah. Um, but for you, like, what, what have been, like, I guess the big things that you, you, you've seen? There's been a big conversation around, around Power World. You've dipped into Power World a little bit. I haven't. Oh, you haven't? No, I still haven't it. touched it, dude. It, I've been very busy with just life stuff, and uh, I was down in LA for uh, for an event. Um, so I haven't been able to play Tekken yet, bless. Which is oh, honestly oh, just man. eating at me. Man. I can't wait for you to play Tekken. Like you, you guys got me so hyped on the story mode. Like I can't freaking wait for it. Uh, but yeah, Power World, right? I I think it's gonna be one that I I kind of just need to like let go over me because it's yeah. like there's so much going on and uh, it looks so interesting. But like, it's like if there's gonna be that moment of we're all into it and we're going. I'd be mm. more like, okay, let's go. But it seems a little bit more hit or miss now. And like with all of the controversy and stuff, it just like paints my interest. You know I'm, what I mean? I, I'm in this exact same boat where I like have been trying to be careful around how like when I, how and when I jump into Power World, right? And how deep I want to get into it. Because it's that thing where like I, I mentioned this the other day of like, 
I don't know. I'm curious to see if this game makes it to the end of the year, right? It's like that thing where I was ta I was talking to um, Sam Barley yesterday about the meteor meteoric explosion of this thing, the fucking like all the controversy, the accusations of uh, possible AI, which seemed to be de debunked now, but then also possible plagiarism of, of Pokemon assets, which may or may not be debunked. Like it's so foggy and so weird that I kind of want to write it or let it write out and see where it lands before I jump all the way into this thing. But then there's the other thing of I look at this game and it doesn't grab me in the style of it. I, I'm with you. It there. looks kind of crude. Like it looks kind of like I, and, well, oh, I'm I chopping up Pokemon. Pokemon. Violet, Violet, so like <laughs> looking crude doesn't bother me. But like there's just, there's enough elements of it gameplay wise that I'm like I, I that's just not for me. I know it's not for me. I don't like crafting. I don't like survival stuff. So I'm like the whole it's Pokemon with guns. Funny as a meme to me. Not necessarily something I want to get into. And also like there's been a million and a half actual Pokemon ripoffs that are actual Pokemon likes. Yeah. You know what I mean? This is just. It's a totally different thing. Yeah. Like, sure, there are Pokemon, very Pokemon-like designs. Like, they're fucking Pokemon. Let's just call it what it is. I don't, like, I'm not going to get pals. into, is it AI, is it plagiarism, is it whatever? These are fucking Pokemon, man. Yeah. You look at this, you look at that. If I can name what Pokemon it is, that's where we're at, yeah. right? Uh, I saw an interesting thread recently, like, comparing Pokemon and Digimon and Dragon Warrior and the design identity of each one of those where it's like you could look at them and you're like that's a digimon that's dragon warrior that's pokemon mm -hmm. like it doesn't fucking matter which one they are there's yeah. not going to be a confusion uh, people in the chat yesterday tim were trying to bring up well like uh, digimon just ripped off pokemon it's like digimon had a fucking jackrabbit with guns on his arms with fucking like uh jeans yeah that does, like I look at that man. That's not a Pokemon. That's yeah. a fucking Digimon. Right but even there. even ones that are a bit more Pokemon like, like I, I saw somebody like really breaking down uh, Agumon, and mm. it's like Agumon Charmander. Even very similar. They're both just like fire breathing lizards. Yeah. Right. Mm. Like, but they're not. That one's a Digimon. One's a Pokemon. And yeah. you fucking you can tell the difference. You go down to the the basic forms of it. You know, your little Kuromon. All right. A little more Pokemon like. But still not a goddamn Pokemon. Yeah. It's it's the weird thing of, I think people are conflating a lot of things when they talk about pe things being ripoffs, right? Because, like, the, the Power World, just in terms of what that game is, is not a Pokemon ripoff, right? It's like it's a survival game that has a bunch of pals you can collect. Mm -hmm. I, I think the most damning thing is, like, looking at the comparisons of, yeah, like, the designs and how a lot of the designs are so close to Pokemon that it, it, like people could make the accusation of, oh yeah, y'all just ripped this out. But it's not good. It's, it, they are, and yeah. rightfully so. And again, I don't know the details of, is it actually stolen? But what I can tell you is you'll <laughs> look at the two of them and they're like, that could be a Pokemon. Yeah. Because it fucking is. And it's a, it's, it's a weird balance of, I think there could be a case for parody because obviously like, they're not trying to be serious about being Pokemon, right? Like this is, the joke has been, oh, this is Pokemon with guns. Like they are trying to make a thing that's making fun of what Pokemon is. But yeah, at the same time, it's like there's a there's a know, there's a gray area there. I'll say it's parody. Like I, I think it's I think it's presenting itself as parody. But I think there's a thin line between oh yeah, this is genuine parody and well, like I can't parody something if I am taking the thing and then copying it. Yeah, and then putting it out. And it's just taking it a little too seriously. Having said that, I was utterly shocked to for the first time as an adult watch Scream, and then watch Scary Movie, and then just be like. Scary movie just did scream. Yeah. It, there are scenes that they didn't even add anything. But when you just do the same thing around other scenes that are absurd, it makes it funnier and it makes it more absurd. Mm -hmm. And like there, there becomes the, a form of parody. I feel like Power World takes itself too seriously as a game to, to be justified as parody. Does it Where, though? Because like, so. I mean, I, again, I've not seen enough. Something Power being World. funny I, doesn't make it parody. 
Sure, but I, I, uh, but I think it's self-aware about the fact that, like, obviously, they're not saying that it's not Pokemon. Like, they're not saying that they're not, they're not, <laughs> that these little pals aren't, po like, obviously, like, they're going for a specific thing, but I also think the fact that it is, oh, yeah, it's survival, and you can kill them, and you can essentially enslave these little, f little creatures, and it's violent, and it's weird. Like, I think they're very self-aware about it, but, again, being self-aware doesn't necessarily mean that, like, you're not again copying the thing yeah. like and it's the i i'm of the mind of like it, well, it's nintendo's problem to figure out not my problem like if y'all's legal teams want to go after it go for it if y'all don't then after a while i'm gonna be like all right cool i guess they're cool i guess they made it i guess yeah because like there's nobody who's going to be more on a thing like this than the nintendo's legal team so or pokemon company or whoever you want to say is legal team so like i'm you know i'm not here to, to cast judgment on that i am here to go all right does this interest me or does it not and i think for me i look at this and i it's I think it's it's more of a thing of maybe the survival survival game genre that kind of just gives the feeling of okay yeah it's a bit it's a bit jank it's a bit like you know you're kind of doing whatever but I think that also just um, falls in line with a rust or with like whatever other survival game you want to put out there but yeah I don't know like Power Road is just an enigma to me I don't know how to judge this thing I don't know how to yeah. look at this thing yeah it's it's I, weird I'm very interested in it and I'm very interested in the success that it's had um and you know I'm hoping that the that a lot of the controversy stuff is uh you know not correct right at the yeah. end of the day but we'll see we'll see we'll see There's a, we're a long journey away we got a couple super chats about this coming in here mm -hmm. uh street shadow says is pal world a positive example of live service even with its controversy way too early to tell yeah <laughs> like i i feel like it potentially could be like again this is a fairly small team with a massive success and we've seen this happen multiple times now like even looking at things like among us where out of nowhere there's now seven million people buying this game yeah how many millions of people are playing this game right yeah and to be able to support that and maintain that longer than just week one of its existence time will tell if it's a good example of live service but i've also seen a lot of people uh on twitter talking about how it's important to bring up there's no microtransactions in this game i didn't know that it's interesting and that's huge yeah. right when you think about not only the amount of people playing this game for the price that it's at it's like that's I think there is a, a positive example there, right? Of like these games don't need to be nickel and diming you. Yeah. Um, again. I mean, I think that justified. inherently kind of makes it not a live service game if there's not any microtransactions. I guess they have a roadmap which kind of leans the other way, well, but it makes it not free to play. Yeah. That it's still a live service game, right? Because like it's. I mean, it's, how do you define a live service game? I don't I know. Know. <laughs> now we're getting into a new conversation. Yeah. No, you're but right. It has, you're I mean, right. But it has a roadmap, right? And so I guess like maybe you could put it in there. And to that extent, I think the fact that yeah, they put out a roadmap, and I've seen them be very communicative uh, online. Like they're tweet, they're making statements. They're out there like talking about stuff. Uh, the fact that yeah, they're like, hey, we're working on these fixes. We're working on crossplay, PvP, raid bosses. Like this is what you want this kind of game to be doing. Um, that and then also like. It goes back to what I was talking about yesterday with, with San Barlow. The fact that this game is at the place where they've sold seven million, and they probably were not expecting that, and they have to figure out how to how to um, cater to these seven million people that are now playing their game, and probably dealing with server issues and a bunch mm -hmm. of shit. Like, that's a lot of shit to juggle. Let alone what fifty thousand um, like uh, bug reports or whatever like that, that they have to sift through. Um, that's a lot. It's a lot. And to, to like, is the is this game like a, a good example of a live service thing? I think that even the live service elements, I'm surprised that they're putting out a roadmap like this. Because if I'm them, I'm panicking. I'm like, how do we fix all this? How do we worry about this explosion of a game that's happening before we even get to talking about PvP? So check this out, though. Uh -huh. uh, man, I, I really, really, I should have saved this because I want to credit them. Um, I saw a Twitter thread this morning that like 
really, really, really uh, resonated with me. Uh-huh. Um, and I'm going to try to find it later because it, it was it was awesome. But it was uh, just kind of putting out there, like, how interesting is it that with Gen Z uh, and their rise in gaming, that there's like a weird interest in jank and yeah. there's an acceptance of not even quite good enough. And you look at the success of so many uh, like games like... Um, the uh what's the the one that, that everyone's playing law patrol lethal company oh, lethal, lethal company. company yeah lethal company or among us or um like obviously like the roblox minecraft like all that yeah. stuff like there there's a different type of interest uh in these these like more social games and i feel like with pal world with being where it's at like i don't think it needs to be the best game ever made it just needs, sure. like it just needs to kind of like keep delivering what it's delivering it that's to what people, people are fun. liking right and it's like i feel like the like the, the the twitter thread was going on to explain like that um it's funny that like there's the the, the old heads yeah. <laughs> like that care about like games in a very like specific way and like what what a game of the year is yeah. and like all this stuff and then there's just millions and millions and millions of people that are just playing games every day that we don't even that talk don't care about, that's right? the thing is like i one i want to shout out the power world being early access. A lot of chat was bringing that up, and that's a good point, right? We talk about when we talk about this game being live service and it having a roadmap. It having a roadmap. It's an early access roadmap. This is the thing. These are the things that they're working on for early access. And so, yeah, probably not fair to call it a, a live service. But what you're talking about, Tim, like this brings me back to like our game of the year and like conversations that we that I've had with Mike. Uh, I think it was like a Remember Blank episode where we were like, oh yeah, like let's talk about game of the year and have the audience pitch us on what they think game of the year is. And this is back in November and. Um, Mike was sort of talking about his like criteria for what um, he like what he considers a game of the year or like what's going to make his list and he's like I just want something that's going to be fun like fun is like kind of like his only thing right yeah. and you look at his list and like one of the you talk about the jank and all that stuff only up mm -hmm. is probably the biggest example of like yo that game was thrown together <laughs> yeah uh, and people love it it was a phenomenon and guess what that game was fun and I look at Mike's list and I'm like yeah like I, I would argue that like I don't know I think a Final Fantasy 16 is better than an only up but also is that pretentious? Like, is that just yeah. a thing of, hey, like, that's just how I view it because I, I value polish and I value something to say and I value a story and writing and all this shit. But at the end of the day, what's selling 7 million units? Something that's fun for people. And what, like, I don't know what to do with and both it. Exist, <laughs> and gamers could like both. Yeah. I, I really enjoyed my time with Only Up. It didn't make my top 10 last year. Yeah. But I do think it could have made my top 10 in some years. You know, and like, does me go, look going? Ah, oh, man, I can never put this on my list alongside something like a Venba, which I think mm -hmm. has so much, mm -hmm. so much to say, and such a good art style, and so much care put into it, to, into its creation. But again, that probably just makes me pretentious. <laughs> and so, like, but I mean, I but that's know. the thing. I, I don't know if pretentious is the right word. It makes you you. You're like, sure, they're your taste, and they're what you value. And like, I, I think it's really cool the way that we do our game of the year because it, there is the game of the year list that's the culmination of all of us. That like, it oftentimes can be a pretty weird list. You know, yeah. and I actually, I feel like it hasn't actually been ever, but it could be. Yeah. Um, but I feel like when you look at all of our top tens this year, it's like, yeah, the, the, that's who we are <laughs> as people. And so I feel like it, it tells you a lot of like, oh, I, I, I understand how they feel or they feel and all that. So um, Street Shadow writes in again saying, one more note slash chat to clarify, live service doesn't always mean microtransaction. It just means that the game's being constantly updated with content on a weekly slash monthly basis to keep players. Yeah, That's so we'll fair. see how this how it continues to go here. And then Jossie G says, "There's a Digimon called Gundramon. It's just all guns." That's like that's sick as fuck. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Do we have a Pokemon that's just a gun? 
Metal. I guess Blastoise has water guns, like water, water, water cannons. Yeah, like, we don't have, like, a Megatron Pokemon, you know? Not yet. Just a gun. We'll get there. <laughs> wait, yeah, we'll get there. I was going to make a joke of, like, wait till... Uh, no, I'm not going to make a joke. <laughs> uh, story number three. The Legend of Zelda Splatoon Orchestra uh, concerts head to YouTube next month. This is Wesley LeBlanc at Game Informer. Nintendo has announced that it'll stream full pre-recorded concerts for the Legend of Zelda series and its Splatoon franchise next month. Both concerts were set to be a part of Nintendo Live events in December of last year and this month too in Tokyo. Uh, yeah, in Tokyo, Japan. But these events were canceled over, over safety concerns, as reported by Video Games Chronicle. Now, everyone will be able to watch these concerts when they hit the official Nintendo YouTube channel next month. More specifically, the Legend of Zelda Orchestra concert will go live on Friday, February 9th at 5 a.m. Pacific time. And this I know, right? And the Splatoon 3 Deep Cut concert will be posted on February 10th. Let's fucking go. Yeah. I am so, so hyped on this. I've loved video game music my entire life. I've loved orchestra stuff my entire life. Combining those two things, I don't know if there's something I love quite more. Mm -hmm. uh, honestly, like orchestrated video game music is, is peak Tim Getty shit, right? And we just did the Sonic concert and it really revitalized my love if that was even possible for this type of thing i've spent the last month or so listening to all the old symphonic and uh, orchestrated albums they've put out for the kirby things and uh just video games live and like all of this stuff right the uh the 25th anniversary zelda concert the 30th anniversary zelda concert like mm -hmm. all of the different stuff i am thrilled they're putting out a new one i hope that it is a banger I hope that we get some tears of the kingdom music. Like, oh yeah, you have to. That is the one thing that like we just don't have. Like, I and they always choose the right songs too. Like, that's what gets me so excited. Like, their Link's Awakening medley they had a couple years ago was fucking so good. And uh, when they did Breath of the Wild songs, they actually did the um, the trailer music. Like yeah. that that launch trailer. Like they did a, a fully orchestral version of that, and it fucking banged, man. That's awesome. So, While that that Tim song was imagine, not like in the game, Tim, imagine. Yeah. Live orchestra version of ascending up to the wind temple. I know. And then building up to the wind temple. The oh. fight. I mean, come on. Again, that's some of my favorite music in the Zelda franchise. Like, I remember going to uh, Rito Village for the first time in Breath of the Wild. And, like, as soon as I, I, as soon as I arrived there, I was like, yo, this is beautiful <laughs> like beautiful so much so that like i went back and i'll just listen to that to just that song over and over again and then like i think it's the same as the um i forget the name of it in wind waker but the song was also in wind waker uh but yeah well, the things they do to that song in tears of the kingdom oh my god yeah oh my god um and what i'm really bummed about is uh when the the sonic concert first happened a couple years ago uh back when we were in work from home mm -hmm. uh me and you were debating should we live react to it or not and just because the schedule we ended up deciding not to yeah it is one of my biggest regrets oh my god uh, at kind of funny like yeah. we fucking should have done that and it would have been so much fun because we both watched it live separately and we're slacking each other like, dude, this dude, is fucking awesome. dude. And it was so awesome. Uh, and I was about to say, we got to live react to this. I don't think it's going to be the same. Yeah, 5 a.m. But then yeah, the 5 a.m. It's not like, going to have the same vibe. It, it, like Sonic yeah. was like, yo, we're going to transition into playing the it, banger. Exactly. This this is, uh, I think, different. If it wasn't 5 a.m., I'd be yeah, like, Yeah, Zelda has too much self-respect. <laughs> Sonic has so little self-respect that, yeah. uh, that it works in his favor where they're like, yo, let's just fucking rock out after a while. And it's, it's incredible. Yeah, I'm very, fun. very excited about this. Um, also, I just want to shout out the, yeah, the power of video game music. Like, yep. I, was playing, I was playing a video game the other day, I think literally yesterday, so redacted video game, and there, there was a piano version of a song that you hear a lot in the game that played, and when I tell you, like, I started tearing up because oh, of yeah. the way the music paired with what was happening on screen, I, like, again, I was like, yo, this, it's insane, the things you can do with music in mm. video games. 
Story number four, Netflix's mobile game download numbers have risen sharply thanks to GTA The Trilogy. This is Chris Golian at VGC. Netflix's mobile download numbers have reportedly risen drastically thanks to the addition of Grand Theft Auto The Trilogy, the definitive addition to the service. All three remasters were made available to Netflix members on December 14th via the App Store, Google Play, and in the Netflix mobile app. Players are able to download and play the games as part of their Netflix subscription with no extra charges. As a result of this high-profile addition to its library, Netflix has seen a sharp increase in monthly game downloads, according to AppMagic data reported, by, reported via mobilegamer.biz. According to the data, uh, Netflix's monthly game downloads were around 10 million in November 2023, but this shot up to around 28 million in December 2023. AppMagic also claims that GTA San Andreas is by far the most popular of the three games and has been downloaded 11.6 million times to date through Netflix. GTA Vice City has been downloaded 4.1 million times, while GTA 3 sits at around 2.4 million for a total of 18.1 million downloads across the entire trilogy. Other popular downloads on Netflix have included Annapurna Storyteller with 9.4 million downloads to date, <laughs> Too Hot to Handle with 8.4 million, which I didn't realize had a mobile game, and then no. SpongeBob SquarePants Get Cooking with 8.3 million. Shout out to Storyteller, a great mm -hmm. game that I feel like was a bit under the radar uh, uh, last year, uh, and I think it was supposed to get DLC mm -hmm. that I never checked out, <laughs> so maybe I'm part of the problem, but I really enjoyed that game. Uh, but then also, shout out to GTA San Andreas. One of the greatest games ever made. I mean, th this is great because remember, this sounds like these ports kind of fixed the problems of the the, the original the definitive GTA trilogy. De definitive trilogy, which yeah. is silly as hell, and like I, it's just so ridiculous. Like how many examples there are now of like the mobile ports being the best versions, and it's like, what are we doing now? Yeah, here? what the fuck are Get we doing? Get it together. Uh, but good for them. These numbers are wild, man. Again, like video games are bigger than they've ever been and are only going to get more and more potential to grow more and more because there's different platforms and different understanding of how they work and different accessibility to new people. Phones and things are at the point now that they can play Death Stranding and Resident Evil 4. Insane. Right? Yeah. And so they're also like, hey, if you have Netflix, you get GTA Trilogy, man. Wild. Also, like, I, I, I don't know if this is wild, but I guess it's just an observation. The fact that GTA 5 is, is one of the biggest selling games of all time uh and like it's available and people can play it right and like i that is the gta for i guess just the current generation that's been the only gta gta game to come out since or new gta game to come out since 2013 and you can put out gta san andreas vice city and gta 3 as a collection mm -hmm. on netflix and it does this to your numbers still like the kid and i don't I'm, I'm gonna i'm Maybe it's not, uh, maybe I shouldn't credit the kids. Maybe this is all just the old folks that are going back and playing this game. But I'm going to assume that a large part of this is like the new generation out there. People are still going back and playing those games. I mean, let's just put this in context, right? And with it's sales versus Netflix downloads, obviously different things. Yeah. But still, 18.1 million downloads yeah. for the three games. We're, we just spent 40 minutes talking about Power World 7 million. Mm -hmm. Right, and I understand that, like the, the the sales or whatever. But we're also talking about games that are over twenty years old. That's my thing. Is like, me people are going back and playing at yeah, these games that are over twenty years old, and GTA Five is sitting right there. And it's like that's the power of the GTA IP. Yep. It's basically the thing I'm saying. Like man, GTA Six. When GTA Six comes Ooh. out. Speaking of, actually, no, that's a bad transition. Story number five. I was gonna make a GTA. Speaking of GTA Five. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Story number five. The latest PS5 update includes new party and audio features. This is Tom Ivan at Video Games Chronicle. Sony has rolled out a new PlayStation 5 system software update. According to the platform holder, the new update adds new party and audio features, plus other improvements. 
In the Parties tab, players can now view a list of recently joined parties and restart one of them by selecting it. The update also adds equalizer settings, a side tone feature, uh, and additional enhancements for Pulse Explorer earbuds and the upcoming Pulse Elite headset. Tim, I have a lot to say about this. Yeah, go for it. Yeah, I was asleep last mm. night, mm -hmm. slash this morning. And somewhere around, it must have been like 4 a.m., 3 a.m., I hear my PlayStation beep. You know, a little beep, beep. Yeah. And it's, whenever that happens in the middle of the night, I'm like, oh, uh -oh. no, <laughs> it's about to happen. My, I hear the PlayStation beep, and I'm like, of course, you're going to update in the middle of the night. The most, like, uh, like, the worst time to do this, because guess what happens? My monitors fucking turn on, because as soon as I turn on my PS5, the monitor turns on, yeah. and it Little flashes out. the brightest light of all time in my dark room directly to my, like, my face as I'm sleeping, and it wakes me up. And, like... Can we not? <laughs> Can we, we not? Not. It's the just worst. Turn the console off. D don't put it in rest mode. Just turn it off. Every time? Like, what? no. I'm not going to yeah. try. You I turn your console off all the way every time? Yeah. But what about automatic updates? What about like your the your halfway play. through a thing? Here's the thing: it'll update when I fucking turn it back on, man. You don't want that. No. Then you have to wait to play games. Because also, like, what if I don't want to lose my progress in the thing that I'm playing? Like you I want to save the game and then fucking turn it off. And then you turn on, uh, turn off the console. No, nah, because then I'm wasting a bunch of time. And then when you turn the console on and you got an update, like maybe a system software, maybe a game needs to get updated. You go and like you, you, you that's when you figure out your snack uh, situation for your game wild, time. wild. No, I'm trying to save as much time. I got to get directly to like the game. You. I my PS2. Mm -hmm. I'm, I feel like my household was the only people I knew that actually turned it off with the thing on the back. I used to do that. Oh, yeah? Okay, yeah, good. I used to directly, and like people would get mad at me yeah. when they learned. I was like, what? Why not? Just turn it off. Feels right. Yeah, yeah I don't know. Um, but anyway, that's my first thing. Is this a me problem? Probably. You know, I could, there's probably a no, setting. No, that's a real thing. There's many things you could do to Yeah, to no, there's so many things. Like, I could probably that. just go into my settings, and I'm sure like automatic, turn off like the automatic PlayStation update. Or, uh, or just change your TV settings. But I want my monitor. That's the thing. Every oh, other time, I want my monitor to automatically turn it. on when I'm using yeah. my PS5. Mm. Yeah, that's fair. That was the that was the thing I was gonna suggest as well. Yeah, I like it. It's just when it's in the middle of the night, and then my PlayStation's like, oh, it's the it's <laughs> it's the deepest time of night. Let's update for some reason, and then it turns everything on. That beat and now is triggering like, though. Yeah. Uh, Barrett, can you look up iCarly uh, <laughs> light flash? <laughs> Oh, you're yeah. looking I like know, Ben Starr out here. It's on. the funniest scene of iCarly of all time. And it's like, it's Miranda Cosgrove walks into a room and a light flashes in her face. And it's the funniest <laughs> shit ever. But that's me. That's how I look whenever my PlayStation 5 decides to update. That's yeah. first and foremost. Secondly, I, I talk about my PlayStation Explorer, um, or my PlayStation Pulse Explorers a lot. These are my portable earbuds, Bluetooth. They're great. I use them all the time. This is the scene. It's fucking great. It's even better with sound. So go check that out with sound, everybody. <laughs> It's great, he says. Will your mom be there? Yeah. Let's study at my place. Good call. Later. Bye. Like, come on, bro. Like, come on. When you watch a lot of Nickelodeon and you see that scene, you're like, this is a peak of comedy. Because guess what? I watched that after watching Zoe 101. And I was like, okay, this is Zoe 101 shit. Ain't shit. But then I saw that scene out of Carly, and I was like, this is peak comedy. All right? <laughs> Fucking Daniel Tosh. You're has right. And honestly, the YouTube edit of, like, cutting right in the middle of the screen. That's gold. Fucking good. Oh Fucking God. good. Um, anyway, what was I talking about? Oh, the elites. my, my uh, PlayStation Pulse Explorers. I've been having a lot of issues with these things. Mm. With my uh, PlayStation, specifically. Like, they'll disconnect and reconnect uh, often. Sound will just cut off in one ear. And, like, I'll be pressing the button to try and reconnect. And nothing will happen. And I don't know what's up with these things. And so I'm really hoping that 
some of these enhancements are improving those. Like they just kind of give like, oh yeah, we're giving, we're doing additional enhancements for the Pulse uh, Explorers. I really hope they're fixing a lot, a lot of that stuff because yeah. like, you know, I'm using these at like the most, um, yeah, it's the most infancy of their um, like hardware updates, right? Like I'm getting these things at launch. And so of course there's gonna be issues, but yeah, I'm having a lot of issues currently. And so. Yeah, I, uh, I am very excited about the Pulse Elite coming out. I hope that it's great. Their partnership with Odyssey gets me, or not partnership, uh, acquisition of them makes me really excited for the, the audio quality of PlayStation going forward. I've liked the Pulse Explorer that are my preferred uh, earbuds, but yeah. uh, pretty good so far. Um, but my, my biggest problem with PlayStation Audio is anytime you, you the, the Bluetooth's just not great on PlayStation. Yeah. Like when you plug any, even a headset into the DualSense, like you need great line of sight. You need to be closer. So it does that weird, like cracky, like, disconnect oh, yeah. thing yeah and i'm like we need to get past this because like maybe it bothers me more than most people i'm sure it does but like I, it pisses me off i think part i, I, I don't like I, I need to troubleshoot i need to just get kevin over and be like yo kevin figure this shit out for me because i think part of it might also be um the way i have my desk set up yeah. like i have my ps5 essentially sitting on the other side of my pc and so like i don't know if it's my pc blocking my ps5 or some like weird shit with all the like all the tech i have going on because yeah like my um dual sense there'll be like just every now and then where i'm moving a character and that character will just keep on moving even though i'm not pushing mm. the thing anymore and like i know it's not drift i don't think it's drift because i've had this across multiple um uh dual senses interesting yeah and, i haven't had dual sense issues i've only had audio issues i've had both and huh. like literally the other day my dual sense just straight up like just disconnected from the console completely just out of nowhere wow. i've never seen that before um, I had that recently. It was really scary where it was right when I turned on the PS5 and like I used it to turn on the PS5. And then when I got to like uh, putting in my uh, code to log into my account, the controller just like disconnected. But it was like doing a really quick blue flashing light. I was like, what the fuck happened to this controller? Mm -hmm. It was really huh. scary. The yeah. blue the blue flashing light usually means syncing with uh, like for other Bluetooth things. Like if you if, when I use my... Um, Dual sense on my switch. Mm. You like I have to like tap my little eight bit dough thing, what? and then if you if you um, hold the uh, option or not options button, the share button and the PlayStation button for like even just one second, it goes into pairing mode, and then it it blank blinks blue. Uh, so you might have accidentally done that or something. But interesting. Um, interesting. I, I didn't know that sense. you were using your dual sense to play on the switch. <laughs> oh, That's yeah. fucking insane. Dual sense elite baby, or whatever it's called. Is that what it's called? Um, edge. DualSense Edge. Edge, yeah. I'd be edging, dude. Edging on PS5, edging on Switch. Love that for you. I'm, I'm, I'm like reading cat, uh, chat because people were saying like, um, what, the Pulse connect to the PS5 via Wi-Fi? Is that true? Well, because it, so it's the new PlayStation it's link, link, right? Which uses Wi-Fi and stuff. Yeah, so you're, it might be a Wi-Fi thing. I mean, if it's a Wi-Fi thing, then for sure that's what the issue is. Mm. My Wi-Fi sucks at home. Mm. So thank you for that chat, because that now I know what to, what to fix. Because yeah. yeah, I did but not realize I, it uses Wi-Fi. I'm very interested in PlayStation Link. It in theory it should solve all these issues. It has not yet. Yeah. So I'm hoping these updates do that. We're getting closer though. Tim, we just talked about a lot of big old colossal oh, news. So, big. so the news is just so fucking big. Mm -hmm. uh, but if I wanted to talk about Something smaller. Say the tiniest news of the day. Where would I go? Uh, you go to our last story, the Wii News Channel, where we cover all the small news items you need to know about. Story number six. It's time for some Wii News. 
Uh, Nintendo America tweeted out uh, yesterday, for five days starting January 25th, new spirits such as Zagreus from Hades, uh, spirits from WBSC eBaseball Power Pros, and more will appear uh, in Smash Brothers Ultimate oh, hey, Spirit it's the, Board. It, it's the game you like, plus. Which is insulting. The fact that they say and more. Yeah. And the and more is referring to 13 Sentinels Aegis Rim. They're, put some they're respect in the thumbnail and they didn't even bother to put them in. Like, that's they wild. mentioned the fucking e-baseball game. That's a lot of text. I mean, yeah, they did. Just they did, they did say WBSC e-baseball power, power pros. Yeah, They okay, listed right, out the right. entire e-baseball game, but don't put respect on 13 Sentinels name. Put some respect on it. I do also love they don't even say Hades. They just say Zagreus. Like, the yeah. character has enough. They're like, you know, star power for sure. Yeah. But Fuck yeah, yeah, man, more spirits, awful. baby. I, I love this. I really want to see what's because uh, with these, I, I'm, I'm, it's been such a long time since I've played Ultimate. It's there. You're fighting like battles based on these characters, right? Yeah. Oh, hell yeah. It's super cool. Now, here's the thing, Bless. We before we went live, I was telling you, I'm excited we're doing the show today because yeah. it like, feels like a very us day. Mm -hmm. Yesterday, you know how like when something happens that is like slightly related to Bless's interest? Yeah. Like all the the best friends out there tweet at you and like you like you just get tweeted 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 with the thing yep the last couple days for me have just been insane yeah nintendo spirits a zelda orchestra and advent children coming to us theaters baby wild <laughs> uh moving on koji kondo the critically acclaimed nintendo composer and sound director has been selected as hall of fame inductee at the 27th dice Award. hell yeah let's go uh, speaking of Nintendo, Nintendo is shutting down the online servers for the Nintendo 3DS and Wii U on April 8th, 2024. Uh, things you own, as far as I could tell, if you already own it, you can download it. Still, That sounds about right. I mean, sir, online servers makes me think like it's just online play. Yeah. I don't know how that affects the stores. Uh, Splatoon 3 Side Order DLC launches February 22nd. Uh, an official Dungeons & Dragons VR game is in the works from the developers of Demio, which is really cool, especially coming off the success of Baldur's Gate 3. And, like, I play, I played a bit of Demio, and that game seems really cool. So them doing Dungeons & Dragons is super exciting. And then Xbox has announced a new indie select program uh, where they highlight cool indie games every month. And then cool. finally, Final Fantasy VII um, Ad Advent Children Complete is coming to the theaters nationwide. Uh, you can join, uh, this is from the Twitter of Final Fantasy VII. They say, join us to watch an exclusive interview with uh, Yoshinori uh, Katase, Tetsuya Nomura, and Naoki Hamaguchi. Um, and then, yeah, tickets are available if you go over to their Twitter. Uh, but the theaters, uh, it's in theaters for two days only, February 21st dubbed, and then February 22nd subbed. I can't believe I'm going to see this movie in a theater. Yeah? Like, I might go with you. Oh, you have to. I'm making you go. Bless. Yeah. I was thinking about this. I was like, you're not getting out of this one. You this have to fuck. Sounds it. awesome. Because you've never seen the movie, right? No, I've only seen like the specific church scene. Okay. Which is amazing. Yeah. Yeah. No, we, we're going to have a freaking blast. Like, we got to go. This is going to be awesome. It's the 21st. Uh, February 21st is dubbed and 22nd is subbed. Because I prefer dubbed. I'm not going to lie. Are we down to go dubbed? I definitely am. Okay. Yeah. I mean, uh, Bear, you this, in? this lines up. That'll be my first day back from a, a weekend trip. I love I'm it. Down. Oh. Because I've never it. seen it. I've never watched it either. Yeah. Oh, we're definitely doing it. Yeah. What if we do like a review, <laughs> like a screencast or something? Or like a we're 1,000% doing this. Yeah. Lock it in, everybody. Let's do it. <laughs> uh, and that's it for Wii News. We also have an NVIDIA GeForce update for you. Of course, we've partnered with NVIDIA to keep you updated on all the latest GeForce uh, RTX additions to your favorite games. Uh, so much DLSS is coming your way this week. Right now, today, you can hop on Early Access for Enshrouded, a shiny new co-op survival RPG. If you're on GeForce RTX, you'll get NVIDIA DLSS 2 to accelerate frame rates by 93% on average at 4K, all with max settings. And Friday, Tekken 8 comes to your PC, also with DLSS 2. Let's go. If you're a fighting game fan, it doesn't get much better than this. And if you're not a fan yet, this could be your ticket in.
Uh, DLSS 3 with AI-powered frame generation means Friday's launch of Like a Dragon Infinite Wealth will give you unprecedented unpre uh, power paired with great-looking graphics. And there uh, is there a better way to enjoy DLSS than one of the new RTX Super GPUs? This week, you'll be able to nab a new RTX 4070 Ti Super, which is really nice. Uh, which is a really nice upgrade for anyone on a previous generation GeForce card. Uh, with the launch, there is also a new NVIDIA Studio driver, which provides a nice little bonus for anyone uh, with an RTX card. It's RTX Video HDR. Basically, if you pair your RTX card with an HDR monitor or TV, you can now automatically convert and upscale any live stream video to HDR with amazingly improved details and sharpness. Uh, it reverses details lost to video compression and allows you to experience just about any video in full HDR, even if it was an HDR video uh, to start with. And it's free. Uh, if you're watching Kind of Funny Games Daily on an RTX GPU and an HDR monitor, we want to hear about how good it looks. That's awesome, oh. man. I, dude, th I'm so impressed with the tech of the, the AI upscaling to HDR and stuff. Like, we're, mm. we're at a, a turning point where it's really good. Oh. And uh, I've been very impressed uh, at home with a, a lot of this stuff. And also, shout out to the fact that so many of these games, like, so, so many big AAA games are launching on PC day and date and getting this type of uh, support. Oh, yeah. The Tekken 8 thing really excites me. It's so I, cool, I played right? through it on PS5, and I told you in the review how good it looks on PS5. And I have I have it on PC as well. Uh, and so I'm super... I played, like, the net closed network test, one of those on PC. Um, and, like, it has, like, widescreen right screen support as well. So I'm very excited, uh, like, at launch to, like, check this out on PC. Yeah. I the game already looks incredible. It's so rad. Like, Tekken and Like a Dragon both coming out on PC. Mm-hmm. At launch, like we're in a new era, man, of PC, and we've been in it, but like it's cool to to see the support it's getting. Now it's time for countoffunny.com slash you're wrong. That's where you write in and let us know what we got wrong as we got it wrong. So we can correct it for those watching later on YouTube and listening later on podcast services around the globe. We have just one from Ren Frost who says about Power World microtransactions, uh, because you do uh, you do need to pay if you want to run your own server. Uh, this is a different type of payment, and it also offloads costs to the servers. Then they go on, but I guess the, just that you're wrong is that you can pay for the service, which I wouldn't really count as a microtransaction. I think that's just paying for service. Mm -hmm. That's it. Literally, we have nothing else. Wow. Yell at Tim. We're Me perfect. You. Me and you. That's what happens. This is what peak looks like. This is what peak right. looks like. Peak performance. Mm -hmm. What's your shirt? Naked Jakey. Oh, uh, I've seen you wear this before. Yeah. Album. Love Dope. that for you. I love it too. Yeah, I'm rocking. Tekken 8 and Devolver Digital. All right, Hell I'm yeah, repping whatever brand will send yeah. me. Some merch. <laughs> uh, of course, this has been kind of funny. Games Daily. Each and every weekday, we run you through the nerdy news you need to know about live on YouTube, Twitch, and podcast services around the globe. If you love what we do, please support us with the kind of funny membership on Patreon or YouTube to get all of our shows ad free, watch us record them live, and get a daily exclusive show. Until next time, Game Daily. <laughs>